Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 187. So today is our first installment to our moving diary. You're still not in love with that term, are you? Well, I just, I think it's, it's fitting for what we're doing. It makes sense to call it that, but I wanted to come up with something more creative. Oh, I see. But really our idea here is we don't have an agenda. We don't have anything. This is really just kind of a brain dump of everything that's been going on for us talking through this process. So maybe if you're just interested in it or maybe moving to, to the Orlando area, something that you're interested in in the future, us sharing our story and the things we've gone through will hopefully be of some help, if not at least entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so before we jump into that, we do have a cool announcement. So this past Wednesday, we were a guest on the Part of Our World podcast, and we was episode number 51, and we did a really fun game with them called Replace, Retheme, Restore, Refurb. So we had to pick one Walt Disney World attraction for each of those categories and pitch our idea to the rest of the group. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a challenge for me because I don't know. I just don't think creatively like that, I guess. But it was really fun to hear everyone's ideas and we had a blast doing it. So if you are interested, we would highly recommend that you check it out. I already got some hate on my Country Bears takes. Well, it's not shocking, though. We kind of expected that. They were spicy, but I stand by them. I know. I know you do. (laughs) So you can search for part of our world on any of your favorite podcast players and go over there and check out episode 51. Actually, all the episodes. And then they were actually a guest on our show as well. But I don't remember the episode number. So you'll just have to search for it. It's a good treasure hunt. Okay, so moving diary installment number one. Dear diary. (laughs) No. No, no, I don't know about that. But we do want to first share just some of the updates and things that have been going on since we announced that we were moving. Um, it seems like everything has been moving somewhat fast in some areas and not as fast as we want to in other areas. But we are still quickly approaching our June 19th move date. Yep. Less than a month away now, which is scary. It is scary. It snuck up on us. It did. And we knew it would. But probably the biggest thing that has happened is a very exciting announcement for you, Catherine. Yes. Something that we mentioned is that we were moving down to Florida blindly as far as my job went, just in good faith that Florida needs teachers just like the rest of the country. And I had scouted out a few schools that I was interested in. Mostly because I don't like to commute. So I honestly picked the schools that were closest to our home. But I decided I was really nervous, but I decided to reach out to the principals and just send them an email, just kind of introducing myself and letting them know that I am interested. And they were received really well, which, you know, you just never know. Um, They were received very well. I had some interviews earlier this week, and I just found out yesterday that I got a job. So I am actually going to be teaching elementary school 
in Florida, fourth grade, so not little kids, super little, but it's going to be an adjustment, but I'm really excited. I actually did my student teaching in fourth grade and I loved it. I mean, it was a great fit for me um, back then. So I'm really excited. I am going to miss my middle school kids. But who knows, maybe in the future I'll teach middle school again. But that's the plan for right now. So it worked out, I guess, better than we had hoped. And I'm really excited. Somehow your commute got even shorter than it is here. That, yes. And (laughs) (laughs) that is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. The joke, the running joke now is that I'm going to have to either get like a little scooter or a golf cart or just a bike, honestly, just to get to school because it is really close. It doesn't even justify starting the ignition on your car. No. Yeah. By the time I feel like in Florida, by the time it would take for your car to cool off, you'd already be there. Which is great. And I'm excited to have recess again. I haven't had recess in four years. I know that's silly, but I am excited to be able to get outside more since that's something that we're looking forward to in Florida anyway. But that's the big news. So I know obviously for anyone who's ever moving, a a job is typically the deciding factor or why you would decide to move. But in this case, it seemed to fall into place. Yeah. So I said we didn't have an agenda, but I did prepare a few things as far as I kind of went crazy once we fell out, once we realized this was going to come to fruition and I joined like a ton of Facebook groups and a bunch of forums just to learn everything I possibly could to equip us with all the knowledge that we needed to make the move. I've actually been part of the take the Florida plunge group (laughs) for like years. Yeah. And now it just finally was useful. But a lot of people are on there saying, like, I'm going to move in five years. Mm-hmm. So it's not uncommon. But I'm part of that group, part of the Moving to Orlando group, which is the Diz Unplugged sponsors that one with their podcast. I joined like Perspective Neighborhoods that we were going to join, their Facebook groups, all Get kinds all of tea. Yeah. Well, mainly I just want to see how crazy the people were. Yeah. Were, do they match up to our one in Tennessee? You know, it's it's a tough competition. We got a hard one to beat. <laughs> but just being in these groups and hearing some of these most common questions, we made just a quick little list of common things that come up so that we can share our experience in these areas and just, you know, our perspective of how things have gone for us. And it fits in nicely because the first thing that people always want to know about is jobs. Mm-hmm. And we are in a unique situation. So I'm keeping my same job that I have up here and just going to work remotely, which is a blessing. You're a teacher. So obviously that can go anywhere. And it worked out for us to for you to get that job. But aside from that, I think one of the biggest things is finding some way to get a Florida address on your resume, because I remember in all of your interviews, they asked you know, are you in Florida? When will you be in Florida? And I think you probably would have been at a disadvantage if you still had our Tennessee address on your resume. It is hard to say. It's funny. Both principals actually transplanted themselves down to Florida. So they were both kind of very understanding of the fact that I'm not down there right now and everything. And it didn't matter because they resume interviews anyway. I don't even think 
people are doing in-person interviews right now. But um, that was something that came up a lot. And I was able to explain to them, you know, we know when we're moving down, this is where we're moving kind of thing. And I don't necessarily know if it helped because it's it's hard to say, like, what do you do first? Like put the horse in front of the car, you know, do you buy a house before you have a job or vice versa? Um, but I think it would be important just if you are interviewing just to express maybe how serious you are about moving down. Yeah, I mean, a couple workarounds that I can think of if you have a friend that would let them let you use their address for a short period so that they can show you can show like what area you're going into. I don't think you should lie, mm-hmm. but just having something that's not a red flag whenever they look over your resume, you can also get a P.O. box or you can go to like those UPS mailbox stores and there you actually get a physical address. It doesn't say P.O. box. Oh, yeah. We talked about getting a P.O. box a lot just because we are kind of nervous about not getting our mail. I know that might be silly because you just forward it and it's not like we have a lot of mail, but we did talk about that quite frequently. If if it's worth getting a P.O. box or not. People living in this house will probably get like credit card offers for us for years to come. (laughs) But that would probably be my biggest thing. I know that that's a big thing with Disney is. A lot of times you will not get past that first screening phase if you have, let's say, a Colorado address, because I think from the employer standpoint, they may view it as you're only using Disney as the catalyst to make the move. And you're maybe not interested in staying there long term. Then maybe you'll get the job, move down there, work there for six months so you can qualify for a mortgage or qualify for an apartment and then you'll move on to something else. Oh, I guess I never thought about it that way. I could see that. I guess if you look at it from that standpoint. Which maybe. we almost reached that point. I was looking up on applying to places like Starbucks and Lowe's and places like that so that we could just get down there. Mm-hmm. And then we would sort ourselves out once we got there. Yeah, we did talk about that, that that was kind of always our main goal is just how can we get down there and then we'll figure everything else out. And we know that that typically doesn't work for most people, especially if you have a family. That would be a very different scenario. But that is how desperate we were to get down there. Yeah. Or still are desperate. Last thing that I've been thinking about on this. And I mean, there's no doubt this pandemic has been horrible, horrid, rotten, no good. (laughs) All of the negative adjectives. But I think one positive thing that may have come out of this is a lot of employers have realized that remote work is not as unproductive as they originally thought. So I know for me, working from home over the last three months has really solidified that I can do this from anywhere. Mm -hmm. There weren't too many question marks with mine, but maybe a few. And now it's it's all good. I mean, now, even now my office is back open, but I'm still working from home most days just because why would I spend the hour driving back and forth? There's no point. And you have a tendency to be more productive at home. I know not everyone falls into that category. I quickly learned that I do not fall into that category, which is why I'm super excited to get back to teaching again. But I do think that is something that might happen for a lot of people. So potentially if you're looking to move, you know, down to Florida, maybe remote work is going to become more 
easily accessible or more applicable to a lot of jobs. I mean, it's possible. I just read today that Facebook is transitioning to almost all remote only. I mean, you have to think for for work that can be done remotely. If you can get rid of an office building for those employers or not have to pay rent or this, that or whatever else, that's got to save a ton of money. Yeah. So could be some positive that comes out of it, maybe in a discussion that you can have with your employer or look for employment options that have that available. Next thing that has popped up a lot is moving services. So many different routes that you can go here. Some of the most common ones, of course, you hire a full service moving company that comes to your house, wherever you are, packs up your stuff. They drive the semi truck or box truck, whatever it might be, down to Florida and they unpack it and one stop shop. Mm-hmm. I would have loved if we could do that, but it's just, it's not economical for us. It is very expensive. And I know when I moved around as a kid, my dad's employer always paid for that. So if you were maybe moving down to Florida, like you got a job and you were moving down for that job, sometimes it does happen. I don't know how frequently it happens now, but sometimes employers will pay for that kind of service, which would be a dream. Yeah. And if you can afford it, I think it might be worth it. Option two that I think is kind of in the middle of that are these pods. So they give you this pod, this box, however many you want. You load it up yourself in your driveway. They come, they pick it up, they store it for you however long you want them to, or they ship it down to Florida for you. It was an option for us, but again, I, I just wasn't willing to pay it. I know we're trying to be super cheap (laughs) and we will probably regret it pretty quickly. The option that we are moving towards right now is renting our own truck, whether it's through U-Haul or Penske or Penske. Brendan prefers Penske. They're newer trucks and they're cheaper. So there we go. We're going to probably rent our own truck. And drive it down, just the two of us, which means we're going to have to board the dogs for a while, which is an additional expense. We're going to have to maybe make two trips to Florida and Tennessee, but we're willing to do that. Um, And then we're hoping that we can just hire some movers. Like if you've ever heard of this is a real thing. College hunks. Hauling junk. Hauling junk. They will come to your house and just put the stuff in the trunk. In the truck, whatever. It's <laughs> junk in the truck. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> it all runs together. But we're going to ha- pack everything up ourselves and then just have them move it because it's just really hard load to ask friends. Yeah, load it and unload it. Load, Yes, do the loading and unloading. And then same when we're in Florida is kind of what we're thinking, especially in Florida, since we're not going to have any moving friends to help us. Yeah. And then other options that we've seen people do are... You do all of that yourself, just a slight modification that you are loading it and unloading it yourself. And then an option that I was actually okay with, but you are not okay with, is just selling all of your possessions and rebuying all of it. Brendan still tries to push this. I'm not super attached to the things that we have by any means, and we don't have a whole lot of furniture, but... I don't know. That just seems like a lot to me. And when you sell all your things, 
it's not like you're actually going to make a lot of money. Like we don't have super nice things when we have two dogs or things that, you know, look brand new. All of our things look like we've used it for three, four years and have two dogs. So I just don't know what kind of market there is for stuff like that. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't think there's a clear cut answer on like what is the best option for you. A lot of it probably depends on distance. If you're moving from Washington State, you probably don't want to drive that in a Penske or U-Haul truck. No. You probably want to have that shipped and you fly down or drive your own personal car down. We're also probably going to pull one of our cars, which I'm a little nervous about. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> no, I am fully confident in my abilities. OK, thank you. You're driving, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, the only thing is, if anybody has drove from Nashville to Orlando, the stretch of road between Right before you get to Chattanooga, Tennessee is a nightmare. Oh, my God. I, it's literally I want to just grab onto the door handle and just like hold it as tight as I can. And it's very tense. And it even has the little spots for like the runaway trucks. And the trucks have to go like 35 miles per hour. because It's one big hill. It is terrifying. <laughs> the other option is you can add two hours to your trip and you drive through Huntsville. And go down through Alabama and then drive across like almost a panhandle. That honestly might be worth it. No. I'm not even kidding. Two hours? Yeah. No. We'll have to have this discussion another time. My vote is we might have to do that. Oh my goodness. We're going to be the runaway truck no, we on won't. the side. So anywho. Next thing is the discussion of should you rent or should you buy when you first move down there? And really what I'm talking about is... You'll see a lot of advice if you start researching this of saying you need to rent for at least a year somewhere so that you can get the feel of the different communities and then you can figure out exactly where you want to be. And I see that reasoning. Mm -hmm. I think we were probably an advantage because your sister was down there and she could kind of steer us in some particular directions. I also think that because we were trying to do this super cheap, our budget limited us on which areas we could be in. If we were renting, we probably would have rented in somewhere that we couldn't afford a house. I would agree with that. And so I think that was our, because we probably would have rented in Winter Garden, if I had to guess. Yeah, we love Winter Garden. And we couldn't really afford what we were looking for there. So for us personally, it just made more sense for us to go ahead, buy a house. We weren't too picky on location because we don't have kids. Like the level of school wasn't too important. We obviously wanted to find a place that was comfortable for you to teach at. Mm -hmm. but, but we honestly never did any research about school districts or anything like that. And again, I know that might be kind of silly coming from a teacher, but... It just wasn't our top priority. The other thing I think in renting versus buying, it does depend on kind of your family situation or what's going on. I mean, if it was just me and Brendan, that might have been something that we tried to do. But since we do have two dogs and a cat, it's a little harder to rent somewhere and just have that space for them and, you know, walking the dogs and everything like that. We're definitely not used to that, which is also kind of why we just decided to go ahead and buy something. 
Yeah. And, and I viewed it as if we buy somewhere and we really don't like it, it's really only a two year commitment. Mm-hmm. If we if we just had to get out, mm-hmm. obviously we could do it sooner than that. But we don't want to pay capital gains taxes, which means you have to hold your house for two years. That's like what's one year versus two years. Yeah. Except for now, we've decided we hate moving, so we might never move again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to die in this house. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. Um, and it kind of goes along with it. Just sort of an update on us. I don't wish selling a house on my worst enemy. It has not been fun. It's not fun. I think it's definitely an adjustment as far as just how you live day to day, which I know sounds kind of silly because we're not super messy by any means, but we're definitely not the kind of people who after you take something out, you put it right back every single time, which is what we've been doing. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is somewhat monotonous. And every morning we wake up and we have the same little routine now where we have to make all the beds and open up the blinds and clean up the kitchen. And it is a lot. You're just constantly walking around looking at everything like, is it perfect? Is it perfect? Does this look okay? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You you never feel completely comfortable. Mm -hmm. Especially right now, the corgis are shedding like mad and there is hair literally everywhere. So really what I would say is. If you are going, if you need to sell your house before you move. We started the process too late. We did it about a month. No, two months before we were supposed to move down to Florida. And it hasn't been enough time. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, the pandemic doesn't help the real estate market. So I don't know if this will apply across the board. But I would if I could go back, I would have pushed it up even further because I'd rather be safe than sorry. And if you have to rent an Airbnb for a month in Florida or stay in an extended stay hotel, I would rather do that than now we've had to reshuffle things. There's a very high likelihood that our house will not sell here before we move to Florida which is not going to put the closing in jeopardy, but it is just, it's nerve wracking. It's something that we weren't anticipating. And again, you could easily solve that problem by not buying a house before your current house sells, which is not what we did. I think we're still okay with that decision, but that's something too that, you know, maybe others would do differently. But more time is always better then less time is, I think, what we've learned. So last point on the boring stuff, and then I want to talk about Disney, <laughs> is choosing a neighborhood specifically. Maybe you decide on a community or a town that you want to be in, but there's a lot of questions about HOAs. And maybe we were conditioned for this a little bit. We Our community here in Tennessee has an HOA. And our community in Florida will have an HOA. Look, I'm not going to lie. HOAs are a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy paying them every month. I definitely think we don't get our value. But they keep the home values up. They make sure that you don't have someone parked next to you that has a broken down car in their driveway that sits there for months. There's just little things that I think they can help with. But 
honestly, one of the things that helped us the most on our new neighborhood was joining their Facebook group. And I just did searches for HOAs, HOA submittals, you know, the fence, all the different like modifications that you could search for to learn about how their HOA worked. And it doesn't sound like a pleasant experience by any means, but it's it's not a, as big of a deal as I think some people make it out to be. Yeah. And again, I could understand if you've never had an HOA before, how it might be super intimidating or really annoying. And I think HOAs are annoying to some extent for everyone. But I will disagree with Brendan when he says he doesn't really see the value because I make good value out of the pool every summer. Yeah. I do think it's worth it in that aspect. But that's just me. So there are other benefits, too. I mean, different things that they provide or playgrounds or walking trails or, you know, whatever it might be that I do think can be a major benefit. The other thing that you'll hear a lot of people talk about in Florida are CDD fees. Honestly, I I still can't wrap my mind around what they actually are. If anybody has a good definition, please let me know. <laughs> All I know is in our community, the HOA and the CDD fees are combined into one. So we don't have to pay them separately. Catherine, I read some places their CDD fees are $300 a month. I've never even heard of a it's CDD. It's like a community development something. And it's for places where the city or the county are not maintaining the sewer and the roads or things like that, that the community members are doing it. it it's probably in lieu of property taxes. You would assume that maybe those areas have lower, lower property taxes, but who knows? Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's very interesting. But ours is rolled into one. It's reasonable. It's I, nothing yeah. crazy. It's and, cheaper than what we pay here. And it is something that you would want to look into whenever you are buying a house in Florida because so many communities do have HOAs. Um, I do think it's important to make sure you ask about it and ask about what they provide in some places. And I know it's usually like the retirement communities, but they'll mow your grass or they'll do your you know, lawn work or different things like that, which is a benefit. We've never had one that do that. But Brendan's parents live in a community where they do all the yard work and stuff. Yeah. And another thing that goes along with HOAs is does the community allow for short term rentals? Mm. There's also a county each county handles these differently. Like I'm pretty sure Orange County, which is what Orlando is, does not allow short-term rentals. I read that, but now I'm finding that hard to believe. I would find that so hard to believe. Anyway. Maybe just in certain, I don't know, in certain neighborhoods? I, don't, I read it on Facebook, so it has to be true. <laughs> but anyway... That's something I think you probably need to look into is does the community that you're looking to, and this applies if it's a condo, if it's a single family home, it's a town home, do they allow short-term rentals? And are you okay if they do? For us, I wasn't overly concerned with it, but I can understand why someone would be if there's going to be a different family in the house next door to you every weekend. Yeah, I prefer to have like established neighbors that aren't like that. So I think that's where me and Brendan differed is I didn't want to live in a community with short-term rentals, but it is something that you have to expect to a certain extent, trying to live as close to Disney as we are. And that's the last one. 
your distance from Disney and choosing a neighborhood. <laughs> That's honestly the first thing we looked up every single time we found a house or a neighborhood with any homes for sale. And not only the miles or the time that it took to get there, but what was the route? The route was key. And we mentioned it last time. We did not want to have to take I-4 if at all possible in order to get to Disney or to get to the airport or to just get any, like to get to your job. There was a couple uh, schools that you looked at that you would have had to take I-4. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's as bad as everybody says it is, but I don't want to find out. Exactly. That is, <laughs> that's, that was a big point is, you know, every major road like that has its busy times. And we experience that with Nashville a lot now, but it is something that we don't have a very long patience for a long tolerance for, I guess. And it would be a real big bummer if I four was your best route to Disney and it was always backed up. It would make going to Disney way less enjoyable. Well, yeah, because then, you know, when you got off work and you wanted to head that way, that'd be the first thing you had to do is check the traffic. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel very good about where we're at now because it's the same route every time. If we hit traffic, we do, mm-hmm. but it's it's not going to be as variable, I don't think. Yeah, that's what we're hoping, at least. We'll have to update you all as we go along as far as how the traffic goes and everything like that. But that was something that we looked at a lot. All right. So last one involves a spreadsheet. So this is like my favorite thing ever. And a lot of people ask, well, where all should you get annual passes to since you're in the vacation destination of the world? Yeah. Do they still say that? I don't know. I like it. I think it it makes sense. So the ones that stood out to us, and I know there's more, but of course, Walt Disney World, Universal Orlando, Legoland, SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, and the Kennedy Space Center all offer an annual pass. And most of those, except for the Kennedy Space Center, actually all of them except for the Kennedy Space Center, offer for Florida residents to break that into a monthly cost, which is so enticing because you see the number and it's like, I can pay $29 a month. (laughs) That's what I pay for. I don't know. Some of these, we we pay more for Apple Music than it would cost for us to get a Busch Gardens annual pass. Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) So I thought we'd just talk about kind of our approach to this and where we're at right now. So Walt Disney World, we have gold annual passes and we have been able to get those through having a DVC membership. Gold annual passes are also offered to Florida Florida residents specifically. I think we're going to stay at gold. It blocks you out for spring break. So in next year, it's the last week of March. And I think the first, it's at least the first week of April, maybe the first and the second week of April. Mm-hmm. So blocks you out for spring break and it blocks you out for Christmas. So it's normally a week before Christmas and a week after Christmas. You're blacked out. Mm-hmm. Do you see any reason to up? I do think it's something that we're going to have to just wait and see. Christmas is honestly the one that kind of hurts my heart the most, just because any holiday at Disney World 
is amazing. But I think Christmas is going to be extra fun. I don't know if it'll be more fun than Halloween, but I don't know. It does kind of make me sad to think that we won't be able to go. Obviously, that's a busy time of the year, and we're probably going to come back up to Tennessee anyway for the holidays to be with family and different things like that. So we'll just have to see kind of how it goes this first year. Spring break, I think it'll be fine um, just to give ourselves like a little break anyway. I mean, it's super busy. So we probably wouldn't want to be in the crowds anyway, which is kind of what I'm thinking. Well, too. if it matches up with your spring break, we'll most likely take a vacation anyway. Mm, I like that idea. Disneyland <laughs> or cruise. Or they're cruise, cruising by them. Yeah. So another thing that stands out to this, Disney is so much more expensive than all these other places. By almost more than double. More than double. So quadruple. The gold, for example, which is it's definitely not the highest pass that you can get, obviously, because it has blackout dates. Right now, the annual cost is $765.74 for one person, or a monthly cost of $63.81. We have to get two of those. I know. See, that's where I start to think like, oh, I don't know about like the monthly. I'm kind of I've always had the mindset that I'd rather just, you know, bite off the big cost in the in the front end. And then that way it's like free whenever you get to use it. Yeah. I mean, what I would like to do is we pay for it up front and then we take the sixty four dollars a month that it would take and save that each month. So then when it's time to renew. We already have it. Oh, that's very smart. See, finance. But it takes discipline. Major. We'll see yeah. if we can do that. Um, Universal has many different options for annual passes. First decision you have to make is a two-park annual pass or a three-park annual pass, which includes Volcano Bay. And that's what we really wanted at first until you actually start to look into the Volcano Bay season passes and it does not make sense at all. Well, you have to go to like the highest possible one to be able to get into Volcano Bay before 4 p.m. In the summer, which is the only time anyone would ever want to go. So for us, I think we are going to get universal annual passes. We're at least going to we're we're going to go once we get down there and see if we love it as much as we remembered that we did mm -hmm. and see if we can envision ourselves going back multiple times. I think we will. I would do it just for Harry Potter land, honestly. And I agree. I mean, and they do different holiday things, too, that we've never gotten to experience, which I think would be fun. What I'm thinking is we'll probably get the passes for Universal. And if after that first year, if we decided it wasn't worth it, then maybe we just wouldn't get them the second year. So I think the one that we're looking at is the two park power annual pass, which, again, is blacked out for spring break and Christmas, similar to the gold at Walt Disney World. Annual cost of $355 and a monthly cost of just under $30. So that's half of Disney. Yeah. Which is, I mean, at that point, it's like, you might as well. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense because they only have the two parks and Walt Disney World has four. If you kind of look at it from that standpoint. Are we going to add the water park option to Disney World? Oh, Yeah. Our neighborhood has a pool, but it is small. I mean, I think any neighborhood pool has to be fairly small, which makes you think, am I going to get a chair? Is it going to be crazy? Are there going to be kids everywhere? We Wait, you don't think that about Disney? Well, in Disney, you can just get like your little raft and you can just float along the lazy river and life is good. 
which is all I need is just a lazy river and a little float. Well, of course, that's one of the first questions that a realtor asks you once you want to move to Florida is, do you need a pool at your house or do you need a community pool? And we said it'd be nice, but we're perfectly content using if you get us close enough to Disney, we're perfectly content using Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon as our pools. Yes. And I still stand by that. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited. I mean, you could take a half a day and go float around that lazy river a dozen times. And that's a perfect pool day. Mm-hmm. I agree. I might have to take some breaks to put sunscreen on. Oh, lots of sunscreen breaks. Again, if you have not bought stock in sunscreen, do it now <laughs> because it's about to go way up. You know, buy it by the pallet lid. <laughs> All right. So just quickly running through the rest of these Legoland, if we were to do it, it would be the awesome pass, which has no blackout dates for one hundred and forty dollars a year or eleven dollars and sixty seven cents a month. I have no desire to go to Legoland. I know if that might be bad, but honestly, out of the ones that are left, the only other one I might consider would be Bush Gardens because I've never been. Um, Legoland, I would maybe do it once Ellie, our niece, gets old enough because it is more for like for little kids. Yeah, that would be fun. But from what I've seen, Legoland looks like a fun day. Mm-hmm. We might buy a day pass. Yeah. And go check it out. SeaWorld and Bush Gardens, which I didn't even realize they were connected, but they are. Hmm. They have a joint annual pass that you can get to go to both of them or you can buy them individually for $15.50 a month for their silver pass or $186 a year. Or you can just double that. What was weird is you it doesn't seem like you get a discount if you get the... The double? Yeah. But maybe you get some extra discounts like on merchandise or food or something. Yeah. And then the last one is the Kennedy Space Center. And so their Atlantis annual pass is $96 a year. So no monthly option there. So if you were to do every single one of these for one person, it would cost $1,728 a year mm-hmm. for two people, $3,457 a year or a monthly cost, excluding Kennedy Space Center <laughs> of $136 a person or $272 for a couple. That's a lot per month. It is a lot. It when you do make, you know, your little spreadsheet here individually, it doesn't look like much, which I think is where you could get into trouble because it's like, oh, what's fifteen dollars? Oh, what's thirty dollars? But the the total there, two hundred and seventy two dollars is a bit steep. Here's what I think we'll do is we'll just do Disney World and Universal and that'll be about two hundred, a little less than two hundred dollars a month for both of us. Which is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, we'll Expe- see. especially because it's only seventy two dollars more to get the rest. To get of there, it. yeah. But honestly, I I don't. In- I may go to SeaWorld one day. Again, if we go, it'll be because Ellie is going to go for Sesame Street. You know, I I'm not a big fan of SeaWorld. I know that's super controversial. Some people hate it. Some people love it. I don't necessarily want to support them. But they do have some awesome roller coasters. Yeah. So can I do that and then not look at the orcas who are sad? 
Is that a possibility? I think it's a possibility. Or if you're supporting them that way, are you supporting them all? I don't know. I don't know. You f- you'll feel guilty, I think. At least I will. I don't, I don't know. know. It's been such a long time since I've been. I don't know. But I think it's just one extra thing to look into as you think about moving down and kind of want to budget um, yourself out. We try to make ourselves a little budget, but we're not very good adults. So each month is a a new story for us. But it is something to really consider since you are going to have that option of having the monthly payment versus the upfront cost. And that's just something that we're weighing right now. So last thing to talk about, probably the most common question we've gotten so far is when we moved down there in the middle of June, mid to late June, and let's say the parks are open, which as we were recording this, I just saw Universal submitted that they're going to open on June 5th. Ooh, so it's super possible. So Disney probably will not be very far behind. Yeah. What, what will be our approach? Mm-hmm. to it and it's super hard to say because we don't know what it will look like and we just the two of us go back and forth all the time because in an ideal world none of this would be happening and the first thing we would probably do is go to the parks um which is a little sad that we kind of don't have that mindset anymore we think we're still going to go for sure, but probably just in shorter periods of time, just because of the things like that you're going to have to do, just like wear a mask. We're not used to wearing masks. We know if you have a job where you wear a mask, you're used to it and it's not a big deal. We don't have to wear masks on a daily basis. And but we want to. Yeah, like we're not. We're going to wear the mask, obviously, if that's what it takes to go into Disney World. But because we're not used to it, they annoy us, which is, I think, what a lot of people face. So we just don't want to be there in the middle of the summer all day wearing this mask. So if we go, we'll probably just go for smaller periods of time to do just like little things and then we'll leave, which I think is pretty common to what most locals do in the summer anyway, is you don't want to be there all day in the blazing heat. I'd probably say we'll go like late at night and eat maybe like a late dinner, mm-hmm. maybe ride a ride or two mm-hmm. and then head home. Yeah. Maybe two to three hours at most at a time or go to a resort and eat dinner. And I think that'll be good for our dogs too, especially when we first move down there since it'll be new for them. I mean, it's probably not a good idea to spend eight hours at a theme park away from them. They could handle it. They can be at home for eight hours by themselves. Well, since we've both been working from home, they've been spoiled now. They are very Their spoiled. endurance to spend time by themselves are not as far up. But I think we're definitely going to try it. And we'll just see if we enjoy ourselves. It's, mm-hmm. it's something I think we're still going to have fun. I think the magic of Disney will still be there, whether I'm wearing a mask or not, or... You know, whatever else stipulations they put on. They could say you have to wear a full Darth Vader suit and I would go. <laughs> Darth Vader suit. <laughs> and still walking down Main Street is going to be just as enjoyable, I think. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you don't need to be there so long that you make yourself miserable. I agree. I think that's something that we're very excited for is just being there and having 
just the opportunity to go come and go kind of as we please, hopefully, um, or just having the opportunity to be there more than we are now. So even if it's not what we had envisioned back in, you know, December, whenever it was that we had kind of made our decision, it might not look exactly like that, but I think we are going to be down there. We are going to have some palm trees and we're going to be really close. Did we tell the listeners that we do have palm trees at our house? I don't know. So we did actually get to see our house. I guess this is like our last little update. We saw it with our own eyes in person. We walked through it, which means, yes, we went down there for like an impromptu, like super quick weekend trip. Safely. Safely. We Yeah, we social distanced, blah, 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 blah. But we did get to see our house. And the biggest thing, the silliest thing that me and Brendan wanted were palm trees. We even told our realtor. He asked us, you know, what is your wish list or must haves? And palm tree made the list. And we have not one, but two out in front of our house. So we're super pumped. None out back, but that's okay. We have a magnolia tree in the back. That'll be nice. They're pretty. They smell pretty. They smell pretty? Yeah, don't they smell good? I don't know. I'm pretty sure they do. I don't know. But anywho, we did get to see our house and that was exciting. It wasn't done yet, but we we got to see... How it's coming along. Maybe I'll make the picture of us in front of it our thumbnail for this episode. Oh, that would be sweet. So if you guys want to see it, it'll be in our Instagram stories. Or we can send it if you want to send us a message. I Now that we've seen it in person, I'm I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. It's smaller. It is smaller. We expected that. It was interesting to kind of walk around and try to envision where our stuff was going to go and how we were going to lay things out and what kind of new things we were going to try to buy or want to, you know, like redo or redecorate. But it was really fun. I'm glad we had that chance to do that. Yeah, I agree. Anything else we want to talk about in this diary entry? I think that's all the updates we have. So I think we'll probably do this... Maybe just as quick as things progress. I'd say maybe bi-weekly because in a week, not too much happens right now. Maybe once we move down there, we'll have more updates. But right now we're just kind of staying the course, trying to sell the house and trying to get down there. So many of you have reached out and we love hearing these stories that you have a plan to move down to Disney someday that whether it's a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, whatever it might be. I think the biggest thing that we have learned is that somehow, some way, whether you believe in a higher power or not, things just have a way of falling into place. If you believe in it and you keep working towards it, it is more than possible. You can find a living situation that is perfect for you and perfect to start that next chapter of your life. So That would be the biggest thing that I would say is that you can do it. Lots of obstacles to get over, but it I anticipate it's going to be more than worth the wait. I agree. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and thank you for listening to all of our episodes this week. If you have not already, we would truly appreciate an iTunes five star review It is the best way to help the show grow and to tell other people out there about what we have going on over here. 
So we truly appreciate that. Just takes a few seconds if you scroll down on Apple iTunes to leave that review. We will be back next week with a normal schedule of an interview on Monday and then our storytelling episode of what did we choose? Oh, goodness. It was your pick. What do you pick, Brendan? Now I can't remember. Uh, it was an Epcot. Soren. 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 Soren on Wednesday. <laughs> we haven't started our research yet. So. No. But thank you guys so much. We truly appreciate all of your support. Hope you guys are staying safe and hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon. 